0: Chapter Sixteen of *The Cowardly Line of Oz* by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen: A Fall from the Sky. Tents and trapezes shouted, "Not a bit more!" As he tried to keep the flyabout of us in the center of the glass street, I think we had better run straight through roared the cowardly lion beginning to tremble slightly i don't like the look of this at all well whatever happens try to remember you're tied to me begged notta straightening his fish head hastily then woe betide us sighed the cowardly lion nick put his wing around bob and all of them gazed in bewilderment at this bewildering city preservatory said a large sign just beyond the glass gates and over the whole city hung a sweet, smoky haze. The houses had glass fronts and were more like cupboards than ordinary dwellings. Each had three stories, or, as Bob Up explained later to Dorothy, three shelves. And on these shelves, swinging their legs, sat the oddest individuals in Oz. From head to knee, they were enclosed in glass jars. Their arms and legs came through especially cut places, but these were carefully soldered so as not to let in any air, and their heads, somewhat flattened by the glass lids, had a squashed and foolish look. As the fly bus bounced merrily along the main street they began to tumble off the shelves and run down the glass steps of their comical houses. They made no attempt to keep out of the way, so Nada hastily stopped the bus but even so one managed to get under the wheels and bob shivered as the creature's jar splintered to bits on the glass paving-stones now you've done it groaned nick slamming his nose back on its hook the jarred populace evidently thought so too for they began hopping up and down shouting all sorts of threats and abuse the four travelers could only hear a dull muttering For the voices of the creatures did not carry through their lids but the visitors could tell from the dreadful faces they were making through the glass that they were being threatened and abused the cries of the unhappy victim under the wheels were quite distinct save me save me or i shall spoil he cried in heart-rending tones natto was so moved by his evident distress that he impulsively started to jump out of the bus forgetting the tie between himself and the cowardly lion, he therefore got a terrible wrench that twisted his fish head sideways so he could not see at all. While Bob was straightening this out, the jar men dragged their companion from beneath the feather wheels, and a simply enormous fellow came running down the street. In one hand he had a pad and in the other a pencil. (laughs) "'Looks like the prime pickle.' chattered snorer as the jar-man began scribbling on his pad. "'You have broken the peace," read Notta as the angry official held up his pad. He was magnificently attired under his jar and was evidently a person of some importance. He had, however, been preserved by pickling and was of an unhealthy shade of green. Notta leaned out of the bus and, seizing the pencil and pad, wrote back, he broke himself, save the pieces. The rage of the preserves as they read these words increased to a perfect fury. One, evidently a relation of the broken man, snatched off his lid and cried shrilly, You'll be minced for this. The prime Preserve again scratched furiously on his pad. You are under arrest. Come with me directed the pad when he held it up. "'This is because I forgot the rules,' sighed Notta. "'If I had been more polite, this would not have happened. Shall we fly or follow?' "'Let's follow,' rumbled the cowardly lion. "'We can fly any time, and I'd like to see all the preserves while I'm about it, for I think Dorothy would enjoy hearing about them.' "'Natta ran the fly-about-a-bus slowly and carefully down the glass street "'after the solemn jarmen. the rest of the population following at a safe distance. "'Bob's eyes grew larger and larger, "'and when a preserved dog ran briskly in front of the bus, "'he gave a shout of glee. "'I think Oz is the funniest place in the world, don't you, Nick?' "'cried the little boy merrily. "'Well,' chirruped Snorer, as i was never any place else i can hardly say look look there goes a canned cat and so it was as canned a cat as you'll ever want to see but right here their guide turned the corners and they found themselves in the presence of another queen they knew she was a queen for on the pad held up for their inspection the guide had written preserva the great Notta stopped the bus before the low glass throne and they stared in wonder at her majesty preserva seemed as much surprised as they well i'll be jellied wheezed the queen taking off her lid and thrusting out a moist head bob thought she need not have said this for she was jellied already her face and royal robes being a quivery and delicious pink the prime preserve seemed very much alarmed at the queen's action and quickly wrote on his pad shut your lid bob considered this dreadfully disrespectful and snorer began to chuckle with enjoyment preserva quite meekly obeyed but her eyes behind the thick glass of the jar grew larger and larger and finally snatching the pad from the prime preserve she dashed off in great excitement these words a tomato can would be about right for him holding up the pad she pointed joyfully at notta (laughs) serves you right for coming as a fish chortled the cowardly lion so we'll have to take you back in a can well well then he craned his neck to see what else the queen had written a rapid conversation was going on between preserva and their guide one would write a message and pass it to the other the other would snatch the page and dash off an answer and so quickly was it done the four in the bus had all they could do to keep up with the conversation pickle the boy can the fish mince the line and pot the fowl commanded the queen now that's what i call taking potluck chirped Nick, balancing himself on the edge of the bus, but the Prime Preserve replied, "'Why not preserve them whole for the Royal Museum?' While the Queen was considering this suggestion, Nata began feeling in the pockets under his disguise for a paper and pencil, so that he could get into the conversation but without result. "'No use being polite. Let's joke and run,' puffed the Clown after an unsuccessful search. Leaning over the edge of the bus he tapped the queen sharply on the jar. Preserva dropped her pad and pencil and almost rolled from the throne. Inside the jar they could see her jellied figure bubbling with fright and indignation. The prime preserve also trembled in his jar. Then leaning down to read the last command of Her Majesty he ran off as fast as his crooked green legs would carry him fetch the imperial squamos read the cowardly lion with an amused twinkle in his yellow eyes as Notta tore off the page if we stay here it is plain we shall be pickled to death scrawled the clown so we bid you a fond but final farewell the queen leaned forward the better to read Notta's message and while nick bob and the cowardly lion fairly rocked with merriment at her discomfited expression she suddenly unscrewed her lid. ''Help!'' screamed Preserva loudly, sticking her head out of the jar. ''Help! Help!'' Then back went her head and down went the lid, only to have the whole performance repeated the next second. This she kept up at regular intervals until the whole party were simply convulsed. But it would have been wiser had they, instead of laughing, looked behind them for presently a terrible thump on the back seat sent all the Scales on Nata's disguise to trembling. It was the Imperial Squamos, followed by all the preserves in the city. While a dozen ran to calm the agitated Queen, who was still quivering in her jar, the rest surrounded the flyaboutabus. Most alarming of all, the Imperial Squamos was not in a jar. She was in fact a huge and towering cookie witch, with a passion for preserving. And a cookie witch, I don't mind telling you, is next in wizardry to a sorceress. She had put up the inhabitants of the entire city and was the real ruler of the preserve. A fish, shrilled the cookie witch, prodding Nada with a fork as long as an umbrella ah what an extreme pleasure i have canned cats dogs and people but never a fish and a boy she chucked bob familiarly under the chin spare the jar and spoil the child she quoted with a dreadful wink that sent snorer circling into the air where he flew uneasily over the heads of his luckless companions off to the preserving kettles with you shrilled Squamos. the and notta in real alarm made a dash toward the buttons to start the bus but the cookie witch brought down a heavy iron spoon that she carried in one hand and crushed the entire steering gear the clown seeing that escape for the time being was impossible decided to go back to rule two and gain a little time by politeness imperial and imperious squamos began notta speaking somewhat stuffily through the fish-head why are you so determined to preserve us against our wills and why have you preserved these others the squamos immediately put down her fork for she was terribly fond of conversation and she could not very well converse with the preserves whose language at best was an indistinct jargon strangers wheezed the squamos since i am to have the pleasure of putting you up i don't mind explaining my little system in a jar boring breaks you will last for years and needing neither food nor drink will find it quite unnecessary to work so you see we put ourselves up here for the same reason most housewives preserve their fruit to keep from working "'Put yourselves up to keep from working,' gasped Notta. "'But I love my work.' "'Then you are very different from most people,' observed the Squamos, looking at the cowardly lion with great interest. "'But never mind. You will soon be a perfect preserve. "'And this lion, he will look perfectly handsome in a jar. "'Let me see. Shall I put him up in vinegar or preserve him in spices?' The Cookie Witch closed her eyes, and Notta, winking warningly at the cowardly lion who was about to spring on the Imperial Monster, cautiously moved his hand toward the only button in the flyaboutabus of us that the iron spoon had not smashed, the button that said UP. The Prime Preserve saw him and made indistinct gurgles of protest under his lid, but before he could warn the Cookie Witch or the Prime Preserver notta had pressed the button and the fly about with a jerk that sent hundreds of the jarmen crashing to the glass pavement and knocked Squamo's head over heels rose into the air snorer made a flying leap and caught it on the wing so to speak and in a flash they were hurtling toward the sky notta jerking off his disguise frantically felt for all the buttons but they were hopelessly broken this continual flying about makes me light-headed groaned the lion hanging on to the arms of the seat with both paws where are we going notta gasped bob edging close to snorer and peering giddily over the edge of the bus up as far as it takes us and then notta shuddered and clung dizzily to the wheel and up they did go faster and faster until they lost all track of time and place and had not even breath enough to talk then with a terrific crash the fly ran into a small day star turned completely over and spilled out the whole company there caught by its feather wheel it hung on the point of the star while notta bob nick and the cowardly lion fell head over heels through the air Nick caught himself first and, flying after Bob, edged himself around until the little boy was on his back. Nota and the Cowardly Lion were falling together, first one and then the other on top, and Nick had to fly rapidly to keep pace with their falling. "'Oh, my quills and feathers,' spluttered the Faithful Bird. "'They'll be shattered to bits. Oh, my tail and topknot, what shall I do? Bob, I can save.' "'But that beautiful clown will be broken to pieces!' Though falling, as Notta explained afterward, did give one a sinking sensation, it was not nearly so unpleasant as he had expected, and when he looked up and saw Bob safely on Snorris back he fell more calmly, trying now and then to do the side-stroke and calling encouragement to the cowardly lion. Earth as it came in view was not very encouraging and snorer screamed with fright when he saw the rocky nature of the country into which his friends were tumbling good-bye roared the cowardly lion looking up mournfully at the clown who was at that minute a little above him i'll never forget you for you are a brave man in spite of your disguises the clown was too affected by this speech to answer and when he glimpsed the jagged rocks below he decided that soon he would be disguised as a pancake, so he merely waved to the others and closed his eyes. Like a flash Nick darted down and set Bob on a huge boulder. Then with wings spread he flew up and down intending if possible to break Notta's fall with his own feathery body, but Notta and the Cowardly Lion never did finish their fall for as they whizzed past a tall craggy rock jutting out from the side of a mountain a stone arm reached out and miraculously caught the rope that held them together scrags and scrivets what kind of birds are these cried a grating voice and down from the ledge stepped a roughly hewn man of stone swinging notta and the cowardly lion easily in one hand He came crunching toward Nick and Bob. End of chapter 16